men have women. That is the biggest lesson I've learned. When they tell us any kind of advice about how they became successful, it's because they had women supporting them. I love being a woman, but the more you know about being a woman, you gain a greater understanding of just how much we perform, we produce for others, and how our sacrifice is a given, how our time is automatically less valuable, how our availability is automatically more flexible, how everyone counts on us to accommodate other people, all because we feel more, all because we care more. Like, do you see now why you need to be an entitled spoiled gold digger? It's because men are the OG entitled spoiled gold diggers. And we need to match the energy. Hey bestie, welcome to the Spoiled Girly Support Group Podcast where we talk about how to get that bag while also securing your own bag. I'm your host Elle and let's get into it. On today's episode, we are talking about how there's certain advice that you shouldn't take from men, especially when it comes to money and career, because a lot of the times they just don't get it. We will also talk about how our experience of the world as women is completely different from that of men. Not to mention that within the umbrella of women as a group, there are also different subgroups with different perceptions and experiences of the world. So the bottom line is, apply nuance and practice discernment, especially when taking advice from men. We have a lot to cover, but before we get into it, I need you to hit the like, subscribe, and the notification bell so you never miss a spoiled girly episode. With that being said, let's get into it. I do not tend to take a lot of advice from men, even the most successful men. And I mean advice in the form of self-help books, podcasts with successful men, or just men in general. I tend to take their advice with a grain of salt because I do not think it is applicable to women and mothers in particular. And I was reminded of this listening to The Diary of a CEO with Casey Neistat. I don't know Casey Neistat very well. I know of him, obviously, but I don't follow him. I never did. And so limited knowledge base. But I was listening to his podcast with Stephen Bartlett, and it was really interesting. But I was really hung up on this fact that they talk a lot about how he became a father at a very young age. He was like 15 years old and he had his first kid. And after breaking up with his then girlfriend at the time and the mother of his child at 17 or 18 years old, he moved from wherever they were in Connecticut and he moved to New York. And he talks about how that journey required him to be fearless, to have risk, you know, to be able to, willing to have risk. He persevered. He was patient, but he was willing to kind of do the gritty stuff. He slept on somebody's couch. He lived in a halfway house. Like he lived in a home with 10 other people, like whatever it might be. Like he was willing to do the stuff that sucks to find success and whatever success meant to him, but he was willing to grind it out and to be very patient and to really persevere. And he keeps talking about that, how he was just like willing to do it. And the whole time I'm listening, thinking, where's your kid? None of these things are possible with a two-year-old baby. You can't sleep on somebody else's couch with your two-year-old baby. You can't stay out till 4 a.m. with your two-year-old baby. You can't live in a halfway house like that with a two-year-old baby because he claims he bribed his way into it. Like, you don't do that with a two-year-old. And he's talking about how he doesn't have money for a taxi or anything like that. And, And the whole time I'm thinking, where's this kid? This kid is probably with his mom. This kid is with his mom probably 90% of the time. She's probably doing 90% of the work, paying for 90% of the things, and raising him essentially on her own. And this is not to say that Casey's not a good dad, that he didn't participate financially or at all, because I don't know. He doesn't talk about it. And that is why I can't take his advice. 
I want to know what happened there. If it were a mother telling that story, you would know what she did for childcare, how she paid for everything for that child, where they lived, who supported her, what was her village like. Like you'd know those things because those things were critical to her success if she had success. But for him, it wasn't critical because he had her. Men have women. That is the biggest lesson I've learned. When they tell us any kind of advice about how they became successful, it's because they had women supporting them. The problem is if that woman, if she, his baby mama, wanted to do the same thing that Casey did, would that have been possible? Could she have left her kid with him for 90% of the time and participated slightly and maybe monetarily, but mostly was off sleeping on couches in New York City? Could she have done that? Probably not. And if she had, she would have been frowned upon for doing so. And that's the difference. He is held up on this pedestal for doing this work and for becoming successful and doing it the hard way. But if she were to do the same thing, she would be called a bad mother who put her career before her kid. And that is why I don't take advice from men, even successful men, because their advice is not applicable to women. It just doesn't apply in today's society and it doesn't apply logistically because it's impossible to do the things they do because we are held to a different standard and expected to do more than they do. Let's get into the comments. My ex brags on starting a successful business but forgets to tell people he didn't pay child support for our three kids to do that. This is why I'm so wary of men who tell women, You have to build with me. I don't want someone who just waits at the finish line. No one wants to build these days. As if they don't drop their day one, their ride or die when they get to the finish line. Successful men are always building. They will never stop building. So as a woman, it is inevitable that you're going to build with a man. Okay, but it's just so curious that the men who are so obsessed with women building with them, they're the ones who aren't really building anything. It's kind of like all the men who are so concerned with gold diggers don't really have any gold to dig. You're worrying about problems that you're never going to have. Back to the topic, it is inevitable that you're going to build with a man because successful men, good men, they're always building. But build only with a man who already has a foundation. There's a point in a man's life when he reaches an acceptable level of success for him. Only he knows when he has reached this acceptable level of success. But up until then, he will sacrifice anything and everything and everyone, including you, to get there. And I actually admire this about men. I wish more women were as relentless and as selfish about their goals, just like men are. Okay, all the kind-hearted, spoiled girlies, if you have your goals, you shouldn't give them up for the sake of other people, just so that they would feel more comfortable, just so that you can be a supporting role in their lives, because a lot of the times these people don't really appreciate it, and then you're left in the dust. Okay, so always prioritize yourself, because everyone else is doing the same. I wish a lot of the girlies had as much audacity as much confidence as the average man. With all that being said, I need you to stop dating men in survival mode. This man was literally homeless in survival mode. And he was out there fathering a child in survival mode. Nothing good happens when you associate with a man in survival. They will sacrifice anything and everything and everyone to get out of survival mode, including you. They are hungry and you will get eaten if you're not careful. Okay? He got to be brave and grind and take risks because she took responsibility for their child. Men having it all is built off of the backs of women doing it all. Okay? The reason why men don't ever worry about getting to have it all, have a career, have a child, because 
women do everything for them. Men don't have to worry about that stuff. Men don't have to worry about having it all because they have a woman so that they can get to have it all because the woman is doing it all. But for women, knowing that no matter what, no matter what, we are chained to our biology. We are chained to all these natural and societal drives. And a lot of the women who think that they can girl boss their way out of biology, who think that they can girl boss their way out of ingrained societal expectations, that's why we're here, okay? That's why we're in the spoiled girly support group. We got burnt out, underappreciated. We need to wake up, okay? And I'm glad that we're finally having these conversations because we just get to peel back the layers and just be honest with ourselves that for us to have it all, means that we have to do it all. And doing it all leaves us so exhausted. And does it even get us the outcomes that we want? Okay, we are not men, we will never be men. Okay, these are the cards we are dealt with. I love being a woman, but being a woman is a special case. We have a unique set of gifts, but we also have a unique set of disadvantages. He moved, AKA, so he left the kid. Let me tell you this red flag in dating, men who moved away from their children. We're gonna get into the nuance in a little bit, but as a general rule, men who leave their children in another state or another country who move far away from their children, if he can leave a woman with his child, he will do the same to you. And I'm so sorry to say this, but in the eyes of a malicious, self-serving, below bare minimum effort man, you are no different, you are not special. What he does to another woman, he will do to you. With that being said, let's get into the nuance. There are circumstances when a parent, either a mother or a father, would need or want to leave their kids in search of a better life, better job opportunities, better wages. It happens all the time, especially in low-income countries, low-income communities, a lot of people especially parents, would want to move to a place with better prospects so that they can better provide for their children. This is very common, so I totally empathize with parents who are in that situation. With that being said, this situation that we're talking about, this man abandoning his child with a 16-year-old single mother, this man in survival mode, bouncing around, knocking up a 16-year-old, and then abandoning her with a newborn so that he can pursue his dreams, he can pursue greatness, he can be the household name he is now. And then using that backstory of being a young father, struggling with homelessness, from being kicked out of his parents' home, using that as a background for his success story, using the suffering, the labor, the loss of opportunities of a young 16-year-old woman as fodder for his backstory. Like, I cannot roll my eyes back far enough. Let's get into the comments. So his success is entirely based on the baby's mother taking responsibility for the child. You ran away from home, haha. AKA, he abandoned his newborn. 
He basically abandoned the kid and moved to New York. Bet the mom didn't have that option. Okay, I really like this comment. He's on the wrong platform because we ask questions on here. Sir, your baby mama is the real success story. Must be nice to be a man and abandon your child when you decide you're done like it's normal. And that's the problem. Like, he's talking about it like it's normal. Like, no, this is not a nonchalant topic. Okay, this comment. I had a child at 16 and I could really tell you what it's like. He abandoned a child. He has zero clues. One of the reasons why I strongly urge you to protect access to yourself, your body, your opportunities, your whole life experience is so you don't get used by men who will drain you. No one plans to have a baby out of wedlock with a homeless man at 16. But it happened. Unexpected things happen all the time. And children are a blessing. But you can have children later. You can enjoy your blessing later. When you procreate with a man who is in survival mode, or maybe he's not in survival mode, but he's just starting out in life. He has no direction yet. He's still figuring it out. He doesn't feel like a man yet. When he is in pursuit of success, same thing. He will sacrifice anything and everything and everyone to get to success. This is why I'm proud to wait at the finish line. Like, meet me at the finish line. I will never be anyone's ride or die. I will never be anyone's day one, okay? Come built. Because men are always running these races with each other. They're always competing with other men in their games, okay? And they use us women as their tools in their games with other men. And the only validation that really matters to them is the validation from other men. Male peer validation is the singular most important thing to men. And this is not a bad thing, okay? Like whenever I say things like that, like, oh, you just hate men. No, I actually see it for what it is. And some of the aspects I admire, I admire that they are relentless. I admire that they are goal-driven. I admire that they pursue success. I think that's amazing. But when you're a woman, you need to look at that and see how they're using you. So while they're using you, you need to profit. Why would you be with the losers in the games of men? You're not a participation trophy, okay? Wait at the finish line. Access to women is a privilege, not a right. Okay, so all the people, well, not all men can afford that. Not all men can do that. Like, good luck being single. Solitude is so attractive in relation to being with a man who drains you, okay? Compete with a woman's solitude because our solitude is amazing. So wait at the finish line. I'm proud to wait at the finish line because the men who are worth being with the success-minded men, the good men, they are always running these races. So when you meet a man at whatever finish line, he can run bigger races after you meet him. If you're failing in the initial baby races and you want a participation trophy for that, it's giving loser, okay? Loser behavior. Like all these people who want women to be equal opportunity daters, to be rehabs for men, to carry these men through their races. You don't need to house the homeless and you don't need to house this homeless man's seat. And if you're living with a man who can't afford a roof over his head and he needs you to pay for the rent, he needs you to split the rent, I'm so sorry, but you're also housing the homeless, okay? Like how do you think he can afford you and possibly a child too? Like people love to complain. Not all men can afford that, the economy. Like that is the point, not all men can afford women. Not all men can afford a wife. Not all men can afford children, okay? Y'all are making exceptions for these men because of the economy, because of this and that. Why are you subsidizing a man? The system is built for them and they're losing and you wanna subsidize his housing. Like if he cannot afford himself, he cannot afford you. If you're paying rent with a man, you are housing the homeless. 
And if you're paying rent with a man who can clearly afford it, but chooses not to, you're with a hater. Okay, this man hates you. I don't make the rules, it's just how it is. Women are not participation trophies that get to be handed out to every man that exists, okay? You are not warranted a woman simply because you're born as a man. Women are the prize and only the winners of the games that men play with each other get to access women. Because those are the men who have something to give to the women that they drain. Because by default, men are drainers of women. So women are the prize, women are the source. All of men's desires come from women. The sheer amount of anger that entitled spoiled gold diggers get from men especially, it just goes to show that we really are the prize and the people who get so upset by that, they're just mad that they cannot access us anymore. When we start acting like the prize that we are and cutting off access to men who have nothing to give us, Watch how upset they get that they can no longer devalue, dehumanize, and exploit the source of all their desires. Like, it's so crazy to me how all these people want women to be public property for men. Because that's the argument, right? Not all men can afford that. Not all men can afford to provide. As if every man is due a woman. Like, women are automatically required to partner with a man. Like, you're born a man and you're already warranted a woman. The sheer entitlement of it all. Okay, we're like rifles they hand out, like you get when you get one, like standard issue for all men. Like I get so heated over this, like not all men can afford that, okay. Had a professor in college, mom of three, expert in her field, charismatic, who advised to never read productivity books by men for this exact reason. The entire time I was reading Atomic Habits, I was thinking how none of it was possible for primary caregivers. We touched on this sentiment in this class, men and women are not the same. We are equal, we are complementary, but we are not the same. And you will find much misery in life thinking that to be equal with a man, you need to be like a man. Just like how you should take personal finance advice from men with a grain of salt, you should also take personal development advice from men with a grain of salt. Like male finance gurus love to preach about cutting costs on everything, but like if you're a woman, it's not the same vibe, okay? We already talked about it in this class, so watch it if you missed it. But like, for example, when you spend money on your appearance, life just gets easier for you as a woman, doors open for you, you get more and better opportunities when you invest in your appearance as a woman. What works for men are not the very same things that work for women, and that's facts. They also don't have to think of personal safety. He did that without fear of his personal safety or a singular thought for that child. This reminds me of when I was traveling in Europe to visit family and I was at the train station and there was this guy behind me and we got to talking as Americans do because we love small talk. And so this guy tells me like he's backpacking through Europe and he's sleeping in hostels and he's sleeping on people's couches because apparently there's like a thing where like you go online, you get to sleep on people's couches. And he was like, you should try it. And I'm like, no, I should not try it. I will not be sleeping on random people's couches. I will not be sleeping in co-ed hostels. I need at least a private whole apartment, Airbnb at the least, okay? Or a hotel that is all my own. And I know a lot of women do do it, but from experience and uh, reading women's experiences with doing that and women's disappearances doing that, I'm gonna pass. Next comment. 
This. My ex gets to take whatever job he wants whenever he wants. Meanwhile, I have to make sure every schedule works with kids, school, or childcare before I can even think about it. This reminds me of the differences between men and women's hobbies. Like traditionally, men's hobbies like golfing or hunting, they are done outside of the home and are done uninterrupted. And they go on for long stretches of time. Like hunting, guys can go on hunting trips for like weeks. And they're going to be in a remote area where you can communicate with them. Like, they can do that. Men can go hunting for weeks. That's their hobby. If you're going to do 18 holes, that's three to four hours. And then if you want to have drinks after, like, it's a whole day affair. Like, okay, whenever he goes out for golf, it's, it's not going to be like just a couple hours. It's a whole day thing. Uninterrupted. Contrast that with traditionally women's hobbies like knitting, sewing, crocheting, cooking, baking, embroidery. They're done in the home and they're flexible enough to allow for interruption. And even our leisure time, the products of that contribute to the home. Like when you're knitting, you're making clothes for the family, you're crocheting, you're embroidering, you're cooking, you're baking, you're gardening. It's all still home related. When I learned about this and saw how true it is, I doubled down on the hobbies that take me out of the home and the things that I can do uninterrupted because I'll be damned if I'm caught doing everything at home while my man, my man, my man goes out golfing with the bros or hunting with the bros for weeks on end. And I'm saying that as someone who has a bunch of traditionally feminine hobbies like crocheting, knitting, and like all those things, I do that, okay? And I love doing them. So this is not like, I'm not like other girls. I do that too, and I love it, okay? And I share everything I make with my girlfriends, okay? So it's a vibe, I love it. I am obsessed with my girl hobbies, okay? But getting an outdoor hobby like pickleball or tennis or golf or horseback riding or sailing, it's a game changer. Like even walking can be an uninterrupted outdoor hobby, okay? All the people are like, that's so classy. I think it's sailing. Shut up. If you wanted to, you would, okay? If you wanted to have an uninterrupted outdoor hobby, you would have one. Anyway, so I think it's very important for us to have that type of hobby because number one, it can be social and it's enjoyable, but it also allows you to develop the sense that your time is important. Your uninterrupted time is important and it is a non-negotiable that you get to have that. It's a vibe that you set with yourself so that you go out into the world. If you want to partner with a man, like that's the vibe that you give off, okay? If you have this vibe that you don't value your time, it also helps you be in discernment whenever you meet a man who is turned off by your uninterrupted outdoor hobby. I remember the video of that lady coming home after a week-long work trip to a wrecked home because her husband is low-key punishing her for leaving him alone with the kids. That one was way beyond weaponized incompetence. That one's hatred. And that stems from not recognizing that your time is important. If you're someone who doesn't think that your time is important, you're going to allow and maybe even attract people who agree with you that your time is not important. So when I tell you get an uninterrupted outdoor hobby is to develop that sense in yourself that your time is important. It is a non-negotiable and you put out this vibe and the only people you will tolerate are the people who agree with you that your time, your uninterrupted time is valuable. So I absolutely swear by having an uninterrupted outdoor hobby. As a single mother, dad went off and made his millions. I say I don't want a husband, I want a housewife. I can't imagine how much easier my life would be. Not sure if I want to be a wife or mom, but I'd be a husband or dad. A female friend of mine says I'd love to be a parent if I could be a father and the first time she said it, it messed me up for days. I absolutely love this. I love being a woman. But the more you know about being a woman, you gain a greater understanding of just how much we perform 
we produce for others and how our sacrifice is a given, how our time is automatically less valuable, how our availability is automatically more flexible, how everyone counts on us to accommodate other people, all because we feel more, all because we care more. Like, do you see now why you need to be an entitled spoiled gold digger? It's because men are the OG entitled spoiled gold diggers, and we need to match the energy. You know how thieves hate thieves? They don't like that we're finally matching their energy. And you know what? It's only the bad, malicious, self-serving, below bare minimum effort men who get so upset by women waking up to their own worth because the scam is now exposed and we're not falling for it anymore. Now I want to leave you with good vibes, so let's end with some good vibe comments. When my dad retired, his entire speech was about how my mom made it all possible for him. It was really special. As a father of four, I 100% agree the success of a man is paved by the sacrifices of his woman. Good men exist and they are all around us. A lot of us have seen that video about Casey Neistat on here where the girl was saying that like he basically abandoned his first child to go to New York and become successful and work on himself and he was able to do that because he wasn't being a father to his first son. I don't know much about Casey Neistat. I think that he was with the son for like three years before he moved to New York. I don't know, but anyway. The point is there's so many different things that men are able to accomplish in this world because there are women behind the scenes, on the sidelines, doing things for them. So then that way they have time freed to go and become successful. And there are some, I always like to shout out like the good guys in the world so that way we don't become depressed. And I've been reading this book, The Fiber Menace, and the guy in it, Constantine, his entire acknowledgement is about how his wife did that for him. I read this like a month ago and it was just so sweet. He's like, I couldn't have done this book without the luxury of uninterrupted time for two years to research, write, publish this book because my wife Tatiana made endless sacrifices and she absorbed a great deal of family and business responsibilities to free up this time. And she did that in addition to other things that she does, right? Friendship, comfort, security, confidence, blah, blah, blah. I just thought that was so sweet and it put me in such a good mood to read this book, which is all about how fiber is actually bad for the body. And they say we're drinking too much water. I'm only a little bit through, but like, it's kind of blowing my mind. Anyway, Constantine Monst, Monst, it's a Russian name. This guy, shout out to you and shout out to your wife who made this book possible. That was so sweet. And I know it's the bare minimum and it's sad that we have to like point it out and celebrate the bare minimum, but that's what we have, okay? And it's also pretty sad that the bare minimum for us is refreshing because it's so rare. It's so rare that people would point out the unseen and often uncompensated labor of women as a contributing factor to their success. Nonetheless, very sweet. That's all I have for you today. I just wanted to let you know that you have so much inherent worth and value in a world that is hell-bent on devaluing you. Now get that bag, bestie.